And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a special guest and a friend of a friend. He, uh, They are a New York City-based performer. It's Jay Clinton, everyone. Woo. Jay. It is Jay, right? Because I see on, like, uh, on the Zoom, it, there's another name, but I want to make sure. Oh, what am I coming up on on here? Yeah, John, parentheses, I- Jay. Jay's perfect. Jay is perfect. Great. It's Jay, everyone. Hi. <laughs> How are we today? We are good. We are here in the lovely Laurel Highlands of Pennsylvania, off the beaten path. Uh, very Blaine, Missouri vibes. We're waiting for Guffman. Yeah, yeah. You're closer to Missouri than I am, I believe. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, a little closer. A little closer. closer. And and we're here to talk about the 1996 classic Waiting for Guffman, which does have a screenplay, surprisingly, because it's a Christopher Guest film, a screenplay by Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy, directed by Christopher Guest. And according to IMDb, an aspiring director and the marginally talented amateur cast of a hokey small town Missouri musical production go overboard when they learn that someone from Broadway will be in attendance. Broadway. (laughs) The Broadway. So, okay. Have you like watched this movie? Do you watch this movie a lot? I used to watch this movie probably once a month in college. Wow. On, genuinely owned it on DVD, watched it once a month, played it on the PS2 until it broke, and then we had to play it on the Wii. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen it since then, so I watched it this morning, and, you know, it really is that girl. She's a classic. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is probably the second time I've ever seen this movie. Really? <laughs> yes. And I la- was laughing my ass off when I had to rewatch it for this because it's just, it's, we know these people. Yes. Like, we've worked with these people. Have you ever done a show like this? Yes. And let me tell you about it. So, actually, right here, um, I wrote this musical called This Old Book. And it was like a ripoff, pretty much, of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Code. And it was just about all of these, like a bunch of stories, a bunch of characters from the Old Testament. And I played the narrator. And I had this like little monologue about religion at the beginning. And then it was like this, like, say what you want to say, do what you want to do. But you aren't the only one who will know. It was like totally cheesy. Yeah, we put it on in the church. There were two performances. My grandmother came, both of them. She was incredibly proud and happy that I was in Ooh. such a religious... And this was also right after I had done Jesus or Joseph, the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So it was a religious time in my life. <laughs> but, I mean, all, what I had no budget because we were in jeans and t-shirts. I mean, they're complaining about having no budget, but they had a catered intermission. They're in like... Yeah. 
they had a UFO landing. That they had that uh, they had a crew definitely because in the background you see people like painting sets and everything. Uh, right, they had like two costumers. There was also more a full people. orchestra. A full orchestra. They also had. There was also more than just the five of them on stage at, at some points. And you're like, who are these other people? Right. <laughs> we we focus only on the principles. This is a very topical tale of neglect of swings understudies. Oh boy. Oh, that <laughs> is that is topical right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently, the song list that I gave you from imdb is a hundred percent wrong <laughs> all out of order but that's okay i think we can still yeah because so there were one two three four there are five songs that were written for the movie by a combination of christopher guest michael mckeon and harry shearer one of them is that long ass overture that it kind of oh that kind of goes on forever, and I'm not mad about it. Oh, Mozart who? Beethoven what? Uh, but I, while I was watching it, Covered Wagons, Open Your Toes, it felt like some of the music was from Under the Sea. <laughs> it's referential. A lot of the music here is referential. Oh, of course, especially, uh, which one was it? Stool Boom, where I was like, this seems a lot like... Working mixed with a chorus line. <laughs> yes, it is very. Well, I've never thought about the chorus line reference there. That is very a chorus line, just all in their lines doing their little pantomimes. The music itself had a lot of da 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 da, or it's similar yeah. to that. I hope I get it. Uh huh. But then the the show working, which you know, it's all about people working. <laughs> basically <laughs> broadway <laughs> great broadway uh you know like i said this is the second time i watched this movie and this time i definitely noticed that corky wears his jeans backwards yes why are we doing this <laughs> a separate podcast about just corky's outfits in this whole production because i'm obsessed with pretty much every one of them well, and then at the end, when he's saying that he's, um, when he's running the store and everything, and he's saying that he's up for that role in My Fair Lady, he's wearing like a band uniform. And I was like, did you mean Harold Hill? Like, were you, did you mean Music Man? <laughs> and that accent that he was working on. Good work. Oh my God. Although, okay. The since we're on... Call quirky yes did you you feel like he was a little offensive you know there were a couple moments that didn't really age all that well ultimately and some of quirky isms i think are among them Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have any like moments where you are the most jarred by his his being when he hits on johnny Oh my god. The whole Johnny plotline in him. I hate you and your stupid ass face. Well, okay. So I was reading that they filmed about 60 hours worth of footage that uh, 
Christopher Guest edited mm-hmm. down to what is this like uh uh eighty ish minutes. So like I feel like there's more of the Johnny storyline that we're not getting in the end product. Yeah, because he's he's really in like two scenes. You there's like that one montage where they're in rehearsals and you just see him they're doing uh which one which one is it covered wagons open toes shoes where they're doing the square dancing and all that and you're like that's it this is it for johnny this is his star vehicle this yeah and apparently that actor is the only one that like isn't known for improv so i guess maybe that's why he's only in so little because i mean you you're up against like Catherine o'hara who these line readings are delusional oh my god so i also read that um like i said earlier yes there is a script for this and and it's red white and blaine is the only parts that are scripted everything else is all improvised i remember reading that years ago yeah but like i i'm not i'm not sure with how christopher guest films are structured where it's like scene this I feel like there is, uh, there has to be like an objective in every scene where that they do. You're right. I mean, should we do some beat work? <laughs> break, break down scene by scene. Scene by scene. Should we uh, do it in slow motion? We'll be here forever if we do that. <laughs> uh, I think in line with the waiting for Godot obvious like here's what we're doing here it's you know it's it's a piece about nothing like so what is the objective i guess their objective to put on a little musical but like does the does it have a point like the whole thing like what is the what what did he set out to do do you think and did he do it i feel like quirky wanted to get back to new york and he did that's true i mean everybody has their little cute epilogues i guess yeah Poor Libby, though. The DQ in Alabama. DQ in Alabama. (laughs) Living with her dad who got out of prison for not murdering somebody. You know, you've got um, uh, Eugene Levy. I forget his character's name. The dentist. He's in Miami. You got Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara in California. Corky's in New York. And poor Libby's in Alabama. Still dreaming to get out. (laughs) She's thinking about low-fat ice cream. Low-fat, yes. <laughs> I want to give her a special shout-out for the choreography. Her oh. movement is incredible. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, it, you could tell these people had so much fun playing, like, they're bad actors. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, Parker Posey, every once in a while, will do a split, and you're like, are you, are you sure you're... <laughs> Is your character supposed to be good? I don't understand. The eye level kicks. The eye level I, kick. Eye level. <laughs> During the uh, 16 going on 17 kind of moment where it's so weird. <laughs> I will get there, but that is my favorite number in this show. A penny I, for your I do have to say, though, like, um, I know we we said that like some of the jokes uh, from the '90s about 
Corky being blatantly gay didn't. But his wife lives somewhere else. Did you get that little slip in? They're like, I did. Never... Uh, she looks far away. Very supportive. But that's hard. I buy all her clothes. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, but when he's in the show and he like, all of a sudden you get this little voice. It, I died laughing. <laughs> the blatant lisps. And I, I love, it's gay. I love gay. I love gay. You heard I love gay. Her. You do you. Uh, you <laughs> and I, I love Quirky. I know he's a problem, but we can eat him later. <laughs> well, it, and like, yes, he's flamboyant and clearly gay, but like, he has his own flair and style to it. Like, they didn't try to make him like super. Mm, Will and Grace wasn't out yet at the time, right? No. no, it was just before, but they didn't try to make him look like super stylish or something, you know, like he had his own. Yeah, he it's had his vibe. He had his vibes he was wearing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the backward jeans, the, the backward... little suit with the spin hat and the final. <laughs> that costume, when he goes out to the guy who he thinks is Guffman. Yes. He, uh, it's such a it's such a great gag. So uh, I mean, at, also at the end, I was just like, oh, at the end of the show, when they realized that Guffman didn't show up, I, I felt a little heartbroken for them. Sorry, spoiler alert for this movie that's almost 30 years old. I know. That has no discernible plot, really. We're just juggling around. <laughs> that been in a show. This is what it's like. I mean, they really captured the idea of what it is to put on a show in a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, that's the thing too. I don't. They don't really say how much time they have for rehearsal. No, they really don't. They went from being terrible and everybody's quitting to everything's. You know, you do a one montage. It's bing bang boom done. Three minutes. It's it's like season four of Glee where everyone tries to quit. It's like that. If only a rival like musical setup, they were like, we're gonna do another musical about like Blaine's enemy. There should be a sequel. I'm gonna write a waiting for Guffman sequel. Do it. Do it. But like the next town over, right? Yeah. Their competition town. Like the said the the brother, like the Fabian brother. It's like Blaine and Wayne Fabian. And- <laughs> Wayne Fabian hated Blaine Fabian and he sabotaged him and that's how they ended up there. But you still need to include the aliens in this. He worked with the aliens. It was all... Yeah, it was very symbiotic. Like, love and support. Um, You know, because the aliens are very particular about the the people they spend their time with. Of course! Uh, (laughs) This movie is so wild. Like, again, we haven't touched on really. We've talked about plot elements, but we are. <laughs> this movie's all over the place. It's impossible to talk about and sound and sound sane. So, like, what is the pl- like besides putting the show up? Is that that's basically the plot of this movie? Is it is. The- there with the play, waiting for Godot. I have not seen it or read it. It is. That's okay. I mean. 
it won a bunch of awards. It's very like highbrow theater, but uh-huh. it's like, two people talking for like the entire two acts of the play. It was originally written in French, and then it's they the author translated it to English. And literally, they're just sitting around waiting for Godot. They don't really know why they're waiting. They're just talking about like life and the state of the world and the state of how they see their lives going. And I mean, like, it's a comedy, but it's also like sad and it's about nothing. And at the end, Godot never comes and they just walk away. Mm -hmm. So like they they learn a a lesson or they don't or it's crazy and people do all kinds of things with it i saw in 2018 i saw a production of it that was set in detroit and it was very like centered on the black lives matter movement black lives matter excuse me i still haven't spoke to anybody today uh words are hard they are hard uh, on the black lives matter movement and you can like it's gonna be used as a political vessel or any kind of vessel it's like an open-ended weird nothing's going on everything's going on what's it about what's it not about and that's huh. um, that's captured here i think in waiting for guffman yeah they kind of, they i wouldn't say it's like christopher guest remade waiting for godot i think he just like took no. elements and was very inspired by it because like even that um I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things that happen that you're just like, were you, was this necessary to be in the final cut? Like, um, uh, <laughs> the one guy that they interview, quote unquote, about being abducted by aliens. It's like, did this need to be in here? The alien plotline and the song, the alien song in the show, what is it called? Like, there's nothing to do on Mars or Mars sucks or something. Nothing ever happens on Mars. <laughs> on mars even that song is kind of a letdown like the alien plot line i would love if that were amped up just a little bit or like seen through a little more like a touch more feel a little throwaway i mean david cross's bit uh, uh, on the crop circle is amazing that is great 70 or what 69 degrees and 40 percent chance of rain always <laughs> if you if is that like your go-to monologue for auditions hmm is that your go-to monologue for auditions? I have definitely done one of Quirky's monologues for an audition in college. Well, now 100%. you gotta now you gotta do the David Cross one for auditions. I'll, I'll bust it out. I am looking for new monologues, so there we go. But I was reading though that I think they cut a song from the show because okay, so we ta- that nothing ever happens on Mars. Is supposed to be like a reprise of an er- a song that happens earlier called "Nothing Ever Happens in Blaine," which I yeah. Granted, all of this is speculative from IMDb, so grain of salt, everyone. But I I actually really like "Nothing Ever Happens on Mars." It's so so stupid, and uh, Eugene Levy has that big dumb alien head on. The cost again. The costuming for that scene is amazing. You have Sheila with that insane hair cowlick, in like an eighties pantsuit or like an eighties like skirt overall situation, like office wear. I don't care. I love it. (laughs) 
overalls like it's fucking 1868 or something uh corky's in that little propeller hat in the the little boy outfit and uh, dairy queen she's in like a 90s peasant dress that a kindergarten teacher would wear like but, miss honey is dress and i think she's has she has some fake magic hair in because her hair is in like a ponytail that's like down to her ass and you're like where does this hair come from <laughs> but uh what was i gonna say about this it's just it's just so stupid and fun and like the show the show itself I would love, I would pay good money to see Red, White, and Blaine performed live. I would pay to see the entire show. I would pay upwards of $20 to see this show live. Yeah, I would, maybe 25 if I'm feeling generous. Maybe 25 Anything after that, I'm going to need a comp. <laughs> or it better have a good name in it. <laughs> yes. Like Aubrey Plaza needs to be an editor. Oh my God. She- rightful to take up the mantle of the vessel okay so wait wait a second so you think aubrey plaza should be dairy queen to be parker posey's character okay so then who would i mean we have to have eugene levy reprise and Catherine o'hara reprise their roles yes and fred willard um i want to say maybe like andrew rannells as corky Ooh, I because he does kind of have that like. This is not a reason. I think he's very attractive, but he has like kind of a weird little boy face. Like his his face is drawn in like a very like young way, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and he can put on like his big mouth voice. You know, yeah. like the super gay, uh, sassy gay voice. Mm, yes, I'm I'm liking this casting right now. Okay, so you know, obviously you know Catherine O'Hara, so you have to write her. Got it. <laughs> Actually, speaking of her, while I was watching this, did you feel like maybe this is the same person as Moira Rose? She like Sheila is. There are definitely similarities. I feel like honestly, Moira Rose is so off the deep end like that not grounded in reality at all that this character looks downright real like sheila is a woman that i would find like out in the world i feel like moira rose that that is an impossible person (laughs) or like sheila could be the moira of missouri yes now that feels a lot yeah i mean she's a travel agent she's got all that She's bi-coastal if you count the Mississippi. <laughs> she and her and uh, uh, Fred Willard are just like thinking too much of themselves, even though the, I don't think they're gr- the greatest. They're no. Care- yeah, no. I mean, watching their auditions, I was like, I get Parker Posey because like she kind of sings and she can she's uh athletic does the splits and everything but like those two their audition i was just not feeling it you you don't don't live for midnight at the oasis midnight at the oasis (laughs) i mean mm, they felt like they were doing a little too much a little too hard they were going for it too hard 100 percent 
which I get it. That's their character. But like, if we were in this world, I would, I would probably put like a maybe or a no by them. Well, in Blaine, Missouri. True. Beggars can't be choosers. This isn't a, a cattle call. I wanted to see the belly dancer or whatever she did. The woman. Yeah. The woman that sat next to Eugene Levy in the hallway. I was just like, what is your story? I need a documentary all about her. Let's put it that way. I want Christopher to release all 60 hours of film. Oh my God. Yes. Apparently though there. So the, I watched one that was an hour and 20 minutes. Did you watch the, Mm-hmm. allegedly there's a two hour long version of this movie somewhere i think i i think i used to try to look for it and find it i don't think i ever could that is an imdb factoid so like who knows if it's real or right. if it was just like a promotion that people had that maybe they're not selling on ebay because that's the one thing that they want to hold on to the only thing in the world that nobody is willing to let go of yeah yeah, everyone came came to an agreement saying we will not sell this or resell this DVD. <laughs> it's valuable. I still have mine. Um, all right, let's get a little more into Red, White, and Blame. The all right. show. I read that apparently in the original script there was like 40 minutes of the show. So like I don't know. I feel like the show would probably run for maybe an hour and a half, two hours if there's an intermission. Right. But I don't know what else they would do because they basically, what we see in the film is this, the red, white, and Blaine hits. You know, they have the stool. Um, God, wait, what was the what was the saying that they say about the stools? Are you talking about like in the narration or like in, in the song in the no the, there was uh the historian held up something that's like uh we're known for a stool or something like that which it, it was like a shit joke it sounded like you oh, know? The, of the world the stool capital of the world thank you <laughs> they should have had another song that's called the stool capital of the world we, we needed some more stool material that oh could have beat that joke a little longer I mean, okay, uh, Christopher Guest, I know, is a fan of my podcast. So he's obviously listening to this episode. And hopefully he'll be like, oh, more shit jokes. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, we kind of, we touched upon a penny for your thoughts. I really liked that song. It had nothing, like, there was no setup prior to that in the movie. I hear that French girls are the best at making love. <laughs> like they hold when the choreography where they hold a penny and then put it into the other person's hair. Dead. <laughs> Literally, Aunt Corky saying, I am going to fight for your freedom. Fight, yes, and perhaps die. <laughs> it's so stupid. I I wonder. I wonder if maybe in the 60 hours that he filmed, there was another song of that caliber where it was like, they didn't set it up prior, but they touched on like American history, maybe like a Woodstock kind of thing. Like I, 
I can foresee that, you know, if they're... We need a reprise of Penny for Your Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Okay, so it had... I mean, it was the 150-year anniversary. I feel like like Blade would do a 175 anniversary just because. Right. So if there was a revival, I would do like make it set 25 years after the movie. And this way we can get our reprise of Penny for Your Thoughts. Be really heartbreaking. What if one of the characters dies? (gasps) Oh my God, it's like a penny for your thoughts. What could it cost? I'm going to (laughs) cry. They put pennies on their eyes for for the river sticks. Aliens too. The aliens could have something to do with the pennies. Oh my god, the aliens can make it rain pennies on stage. That's That'll hurt. Crop circle. That makes the crop circle. And the, it's the 40% chance of rain. Yeah. Raining pennies. <laughs> I mean, I was here for covered wagons as well. You know, the covered wagons, open toed shoes. It's Great. so. No lyrics, only dance. Uh, I read also that apparently Fred Willard didn't understand one of his lines. Uh, oh, what was it? Hold on. Let me open up the IMDb trivia live on air. Uh, he didn't understand the line. What did your keen and perceptive eyes behold until they like started filming it? And he saw that Eugene Levy was cross-eyed. So <laughs> he's like... I, I guess they had to like do multiple takes because he started laughing after the after that. That is a funny moment. And awesome. if you and if you notice, whenever they would do like uh, dance rehearsals, uh, Eugene Levy is like in the background because uh, Christopher Guest kept making him laugh as Quirky. <laughs> Get him out. <laughs> so funny. Everything, I mean, Bubby, like, plays a great straight man. Oh, my God. He, I'm going to say there's only, like, really one full scene that's a little cringe for me, and that's the Chinese food restaurant scene. Oh, uh-huh. That one, I think I actually black that scene out every time. Like, I get through it, and then I immediately forget it. I mean, I love, I, I love me Catherine O'Hara in that scene, because she's wasted, but when they start talking about Fred Willard's penis, I was just like, did we have to? Yeah, he's going to get it out at the dinner table for the dentist. I had my procedure. <laughs> what? Yeah, I do love that they talked like two scenes earlier about how he has never left Blaine except for once for a medical procedure. End of scene. <laughs> and he's a travel agent. Yes. I, okay, so this is done as a documentary style. Would you rather see more of like the rehearsal side of things or more of the show? Ooh, I'm always partial to seeing the actual production. I mean, the stakes are just so high for these people in those moments that like, I feel like as a a viewer, it's more thrilling to watch a performance being recorded rather than like a rehearsal sometimes. Though... There were some 
good moments yeah. in the rehearsal process. Like when, uh, what are their names? When Corky and Lloyd were arguing that one time. Any, is that the day that he quits? No, that they were arguing because Lloyd wants to do more music rehearsals or like create a schedule. Oh, right. It's the whispering, the whispering moment. Why are you whispering? Now you're too loud. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 I was brought back to my days of being in high school theater when, uh, you clearly, like, clearly the teachers were at odds with the, with each other, and you're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> We've all sat in that tension. We've all been there. Oh. A hundred and twenty percent. My, I wrote down. I wrote down this line because you, as a performer, um, I, I was. I wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on this. Um, Fred Willard gives Eugene Levy this advice right before the show starts: uh, If there's an empty space, just say a line, even if it's from another show. Everyone does that, right? <laughs> I have never done that. Um, but I what are you even acting then? I don't think I am. (laughs) I don't, I don't think I am. I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing regular lines in there. I, I also love the line where Sheila's like, he gives me hours and hours of notes to uh, change my instincts or at least ignore them. Fuck acting school. Ignore your instincts. Make crazy decisions. And you heard, it, you heard it from Jay. Ignore everything that your acting coaches slash teachers told you. Yep. And that is why I have 93% of a BFA. <laughs> Not even Maybe uh, don't listen to my advice on acting. Nope. Nope. It's... It's for it's legit. It's now canon. You have to listen to Jay's. Uh, Jay. <laughs> I'm actually opening an acting school. Um, you can find me at Jay Clinton's acting school. <laughs> dot org. Dot org. <laughs> it's a nonprofit. Quirky is one of your professors. Yeah, we're gonna get him. We I I have him on a retainer right now. So he's still working at his store that magically well, stayed open. He's actually accents, so I'm excited to get him to come on and do that for us. <laughs> accents 103 with Corky. <laughs> exactly. Oh, accent five is next semester. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. It's hard getting those like aspirate M's. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> M. Much like waiting for Guffman, this episode has been wild and all over the place. Is there anything you wanna, anything else you wanna touch upon? Um, oh my gosh, I don't know. So, what is your? Let's do a quick roundup, maybe. Okay. So, like, top two songs. What are they? Oh, um, okay, but like in no order, because no I'm not, I, I don't. I think I actually like Doctor Pearl's audition montage if you Uh will or medley medley and because he does three different songs but they like 
go into each other seamlessly. And uh, you know what, Penny, for your thoughts. Just just because you get the outfit, the costume is ridiculous on both. The costumes are ridiculous. Um, Parker Posey is basically kicking her face. And uh, it's the Penny choreography that they do that is wild. (laughs) It is. I... Penny for your thoughts is my number one favorite. I I think about that song constantly. I'll be sitting on the subway and it'll just be like a penny for your thoughts. And then you start kicking your face. Yeah, I do. I level kicks only. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then I end it in a. And then what's your second favorite? Stools. The stool. Working. Making people, making people, or whatever. And then they like, by the end of it, they've shown the exploitation of the working class. I mean, they're falling apart in the factory. It's of very, course. I mean, it speaks to a generation. It's layered with emotions. It is. <laughs> um, okay, wait, wait, what else is there? Um, okay, so then which character would you relate to the most? Out of the five of them. Out of the five? I'll I include I- Lloyd. I'll include Lloyd six. Okay, I think I relate the most to Quirky and always have because, like, completely out there vision, and yet everybody takes him so seriously. I just love that dichotomy. That's not really who I am. I guess I don't really relate because it's not me, but I think I'm like, that's my, that's who I see myself most. That's your vibe? That's my vibe. Like, just odd uh, what's going on. Mm, like i i think i would vibe as Catherine o'hara's bangs yeah or or just, just the bangs i think maybe i'm just the hat you're the propeller hat yeah yeah because Catherine o'hara's bangs are always present um and they're just so perfectly stiff and it's like why do you exist um so that that's me <laughs> always present and why do i exist <laughs> out to her wig in the alien mars landing i died i died when that happened because it i mean her hair is like that that part of her hair is kind of similar to her beetlejuice wigs Very. or hairstyles wigs let's be real here they they were wigs um but it was like it it, it was so different in a way because it's not exactly the same and it looked like I feel like her waiting for Godot bangs I could see that character doing that every day whereas the Beetlejuice hair it was like that's a wig done by a professional mm-hmm. the, the hairstyle her hairstyles in this are so like tortured in a way that you know like you can feel the authenticity of that hairstyle even though probably like somebody else did it for her. Cause I mean, not, not, not saying that Catherine O'Hara can't do her hair, but like, this is a movie. It's a, it's, she doesn't, she doesn't have time. She has to, she has to not think about, you know, what her hair looks like. She has to be present in the moment to, you know, react and improv and play. Uh, I'm sorry. What? can't be bothered with the bangs somebody else's job somebody else has yeah get get the union person to do it hey can somebody come bang me real quick 
just make it stiff. Make it stiff. Just go on. Do it. Um, I was doing a visual gag that only Jay saw. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's a, a visual medium now, podcasting. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, okay, let's get into a segment that I call Sharp and Flat, shall we? Let's do it. Sharp Flat. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it is flat. I'm funny. Uh, Jay, what are your sharps? My sharps. Moments we liked. I th- my, my sharps are... I was going to say, do you want me to go first so you have a minute to think about it? Okay. So I sharped the photographs when they give back, especially when Eugene Levy gave back, like his backstory. Uh Uh, I I don't know how they found those or what they did. I have a feeling that Eugene Levy gave his uh, little improv monologue and then they added them in while they were editing but they were just so stupid and so perfect. And I loved every second of them. Um, Catherine O'Hara, goddess that she yes. is. I'm sharpening her. And then also, okay, go with me on this. There's a, there was one of the um, talking heads moment where it's Parker Posey by uh-huh. the grill, but there's only one chicken one. wing. Yes. I died laughing and i'm sharpening that one chicken wing on the grill because it is you're like one just why is there just one chicken wing? oh my god this movie is so smart and (laughs) i need to watch it more it's an incredible movie i i've missed watching it it's been too long since i've seen it and i'm glad that we got to do this yeah anyway not that we're wrapping up because I have to pick my sharps and flats now. Uh-huh. You pick oh, your sharps. I'll go. I'll. Uh, do you want me to do then do my flats? They're really stupid because like there was one that was blatantly obvious because now it's with twenty twenty one eyes and not nineteen ninety six eyes or seven whenever this movie came out, the, and that is like the the racism and the negative stereotyping in this movie where like I know it was a different like it was a product of its time, which is a lot, an excuse that I say a lot on this podcast, but like in this 2021 or 2022 eyes, you know, it, we're in that weird time where I don't know what year it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, where like, you know, you're watching it now where we've had a different conversation about what is acceptable and appropriate to be as, as comedy and everything. And that was just like, they were, there's like, they didn't like go way over the line. They were just like either standing on the line and like touching over it, or they were just like really close to that. Like, this is a hard no. So, I mean, I feel like people can still enjoy this and everything, but there was that. And then. I mean, I cringed during Corky's speech to the count- town council when he wanted more money. I hear you on that. Where uh, I I was like, I get it. Like we needed some sort of conflict where Corky, um, you know, had to quit and they wanted to get him back and then he had to star in the show. But like, also, could you imagine if Johnny was actually in the show, what it would be like? I 
don't I have no idea what that would even be like because he doesn't give us any character. We get nothing about him except that he's six two. And straight. And straight, yeah. 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 Uh but like, you know, those those two flats that I had, I I feel like maybe you have the same ones, but like there's there's not really a lot like a lot of negative things in this movie. It was oh like what even watching it i was like okay well we could do without this and still have a bang, like it's still a banger of a movie but like the um with it I, I i still laughed a lot at the rest of the jokes like um it was great that christopher guest used the four of his usuals as like the super leads of this movie uh you know Catherine O'Hara, parker posey fred willard and eugene levy like they get everything and understand what they're doing with this um, absolutely yeah okay so what are your sharps and flats all right oh my gosh so my sharps my first sharp has to go out to the descendant of blaine fabian for comparing oh her to the kennedys <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> another sharp goes to the uh, Parker Posey line where she's like, just drive in and get a Coke if you're thirsty. <laughs> I, just, I just love that. That had me cracking up for too long. All of her like little throwaway lines are some of my favorite. So like, it's, it's so subtle and it's like a subtle kind of funny compared to like, as <laughs> like gigantic hilarity. The, uh, you know what? I know I did my sharps. I'm going to add one more sharp. The, moment between her and Catherine O'Hara before the character Lloyd announces that he's taking over because Corky left. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, 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 one second, one second. Okay, so about my nails. Yeah, 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 sure, whatever, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this, your announcement. So what were you saying? <laughs> it was so funny. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the hat. This is a sharp, the hat that the narrator was wearing whenever Corky cast him. It said old fart. Yes, the old fart hat. Oh my god, that and he wanted to be an actor, but he went to school for taxidermy. Well, he took a class, and then there was just like we like the deer, and Corky's like, I think go like this. For those listening at home, I'm I'm bending my wrists down, like, wrist a, down. like a like a in a way that Corky didn't know a deer could. <laughs> uh, oh. My last sharp goes to uh, the the Casino hairline. California will be a sight for these weary eyes. I love her. She is I she, she is a treasure. Her. We need to like whatever capsule that we put Betty White in. We need to put Catherine O'Hara in that. Like when she gets up in age. Yeah, she like, she's a national treasure. I know she's Canadian and technically not American. Like technically not part of the united states but like she is an american treasurer let's be real here treasure. so canada w- find out whatever they put betty white in and like get ready for Catherine o'hara uh okay well what were your flats did, or if you did you have any any flats i mean i'm gonna flat the entire dinner scene at the chinese restaurant yeah i should have done that too I'm going to do that too. I enlarge that whole scene could go 
I think it needs to go for a modern audience. We're cutting it in the Broadway production. Uh Of course. Well, so, I mean, if we cut that scene, we're not really missing anything. No. Except for what the procedure was that he got, but that's it. Also, well, and also we're missing comedy gold from Catherine O'Hara playing a drunk. But, that, but go watch the Shit's Creek episode where she gets drunk on wine. <laughs> whenever she becomes a yeah, her blinker, bingo link fucker. Uh, uh, I mean. It is a little difficult to answer this question for myself, but like, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Any for your thoughts all day, every day. It's already there. Any for your thoughts is already in my life's playlist. (laughs) You know, I originally said none, but I think I'm going to have to agree with you. However, comma in, I I want to know what those verses are that we don't see because they cut away to the dressing room sometimes during that. So I want like a full song. I don't want I don't want the acting moments in between. I want the full, you know. Right. And we want to beginning to end, you know, like Tony production of mm-hmm. I mean they are going to Broadway. So or well, and now we're we're taking it to Broadway. It's only inevitable that they're they're gonna do Penny for Your Thoughts at the Tony Awards. Of course. I foresee a whole tap number with Penny for your thoughts as well. You know, maybe the, maybe the reprise will do a tap number for Penny for your thoughts. Like the tap number would be great for the stools one. Or let's, why don't we do the tap number for the alien invasion? All a bunch of aliens in tap shoes. Why not all three songs? It's a tap musical. We're doing a tap musical now. (laughs) Doing a tap musical, great. I love it. You know, <laughs> and the the stools could have taps on them too. <laughs> oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I love that. That is very thoroughly modern, Millie. Actually, we figured it, we cracked the code and figured it out. We did. And on that note, Jay, we we are done with the episode. Uh-huh. It it yeah, it was great. Um, yes. I I have to say though, like this is. I know that this is done in documentary style, but it's and it's but it's not really a documentary. However, this is like my first documentary-ish movie that I've done. So thank you for that. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I got to break you into a new genre on the pod today. Uh-huh. And like I know that it's not necessarily like a musical movie like I've done before, you know, like Chicago or like white Christmas or anything, but this is, I, I'm still counting this because they do a musical in it. It do a musical. It's a, it's a, a, a great piece. Maybe high caliber singing and dancing. We are going um, to sweep at the Tonys when we do the mu- the stage version. We're going to win every Tony like every- Hamilton. Right, and we're also going to win the play awards, uh, the play ones as well. Yeah, you know, best play, red, best play. Red, red, white, and Blaine. Best musical, red, white, and Blaine. <laughs> we're gonna have a bunch of versions. Of course. Like, which version did you see? Uh huh. We'll be like, um, uh, uh, I don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that went from a play to a musical. <laughs> 
don't know. It'd be like Romeo and Juliet and then the show and Juliet. How's that? (laughs) Yes, that's perfect. Uh, Jay, is there anything though that you want to like plug or promote? Uh, Yeah, sure. So I will be back in New York starting at the beginning of the year. I'll be performing in Astoria. You can follow me on Instagram to find out more about that. My Instagram is Bogwitch. That is B-O-G-W-I-T-X-H. Ooh, an X. A little X in there. Uh, are Do you have like a res... I, I'm going to say residency. That's maybe not the right word, but like, do you have a residency somewhere that like you're always performing at? Yeah, there are two bars in Astoria I'm pretty much always at, and it's Icon Astoria and Albatross. Sweet. Uh, and yep. people people will find all this on your Instagram? Yeah, you will find I've got some shows coming up I'm excited to announce next month. So follow me on Instagram for those drops. I've got some other random stuff on this Instagram. Some little tunes, some little this and that, some outfits and styling. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm <laughs> So we're, we're all trying to be social media people and not a social media person. It's not in my wheelhouse, but I'm getting it together. We're, we're trying. That's the important thing. Thank you. <laughs> and speaking of my social medias, and speaking of social medias, I should say mine are, uh, I, that was a bad segue, John. What are you doing? If you want to talk more about waiting for Guffman though, or if you want to tell me about waiting, your production of waiting for Godot, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. I mean, you could also throw us some money so we can do this show. You know, it's going to, it's going to probably take about $10,000, $10,000. Well, does that include the swimming budget? $50,000. <laughs> oh, wait, you know what? A cool mill. Let's just say a cool mill. <laughs> This is New York in 2022. Yeah. Cool mill. Yeah. You can't do a cool mill. You what? You can't do anything for under a cool mill. That includes how you've been doing it this long. I mean. Right. I mean, well, I, I mean, we could ask one of your one of your bars if we can use it for rehearsal space. Um, they might go for it. Who knows? <laughs> pretty nice stage at Icon, actually. There we go. Okay. Okay. We're, we're rolling. This ball is rolling. We're, we're doing, I not going to lie. I know we're joking. I have come up with so many joke shows on this podcast that <laughs> one of these days, somebody's going to be like, Hey, that one show that you mentioned in this one podcast, do it. And I'd be like, you got a, you got a cool meal. And they'll be like, yes. <laughs> and it be, I'm glad you have like a, a whole record of all of these so that, you know, and peruse and and shop I, I need to go back i probably should go back and like list all of them and be like who's gonna give me a cool mill for any of these maybe a cool two mill who knows <laughs> and uh if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation we're going to be talking about aladdin the <sighs> original animated disney movie not I, I I don't touch the remakes yet. I haven't. We, nobody's suggested them. You're not talking about Will Smith on. Uh, I've I haven't actually seen the whole movie. I'm not gonna lie. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Well, Jay, huh? 
nothing like a classic. Nothing like a classic. Like waiting for Guffman. Uh huh. Jay, this has been so much fun. Maybe when um, there isn't technical difficulties, (laughs) we can have you come back and do another episode. Yes. Usually whenever I'm not in the Laurel Highlands, I have pretty expedient internet and Mm -hmm. a microphone set up in a real life studio-like place. So, yeah. Or I could just crash one of your shows and you and I can do one of the songs. (laughs) We could do a penny for your thoughts. (laughs) That's perfect. Well, I'll start choreographing the pad to do. Okay, great. Okay, great. By yourself and then just teach me 10 minutes before we do it. Yeah, completely. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.